bad man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Jesus or Jesus. You hear that? We are cool now. <laughs> it's like man. really loud on there. Yours goes way longer than mine. Burn! Oh, that's not cool. You burnt! Hey, uh, I well, I went like this. Back. I did like the, like crazy stuff. I didn't just uh, do a finger. I don't. I. Yeah, we have spinners, so we are hip and trendy. We are lit now. Yes, our. I opinions, still don't know what that means, but we are. Yeah, is are we on fleek? We see our opinions matter now. Is it on fleek spinners. or is it on fleck? How, how do you say it? I think it's on fleek. At least when you're talking about eyebrows. That makes even less sense. Yeah. Well. Anyway. <laughs> so, but today's podcast will be super special because we have spinners. So hopefully you will listen even more because we now own them. Yeah, we're now cool. Yeah. We're now how, really cool. Town. How was your weekend? Well, first we got you a shout out to Seth's spinner from Wednesday for winning. Yeah, man, Derby, Derby champ. Congrats. He won a finger spinner derby. Another camp. spinner as a result. We got him one finally. Yeah, it, we were over at Peddler's Mall, and the one he got was from an anime. It, like it had. Oh, a, cool! It, it was neat. It, uh, I can't even remember which anime it was that was printed well, on it. Well, now I'm jealous. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't recognize the anime, so I was like, I'm, was it Naruto or anything? No, it was. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. But ask neat. Seth. I'll have to ask Seth. Yeah, my weekend was good. I didn't do anything derby related, oh. despite the derby happening. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm from I'm from Minnesota, so the derby. Uh, if you ever watch Parks and Rec, there's little Sebastian, the mini horse, and one of the characters, Ben, who is also from Minnesota. Oh. He comes down, and little Sebastian walks in the first time, and the whole the whole cast like goes nuts. They're all like, excited about little Sebastian, the mini horse, and and Ben's like. Yeah, it's a cute mini horse. What's the deal? And they're like, no, he's not. It's little Sebastian. And they don't ever explain, like, why everyone <laughs> loves him. But Ben eventually has to, like, he, like, lies to the camera. It's like, he's the best. And then he, like, looks at the camera. He's like, I don't know. I still don't know. What's going on? <laughs> I've just given in to the. So, I unfortunately, I, I, I respect and, and while I don't personally understand or find personal enjoyment in the derby, I understand how you can. Maybe. Well, I saw... I'm fine with it, obviously. <laughs> and I, I'm right there with you. I, not being from here, you know, I don't I don't understand it. But I get it because where I'm from, you know, we have the golf tournament every year. Right. Which the whole town changes, and so it makes sense. I it's saw... It's a fun thing to do together. Yeah, oh yeah. Did you see the horse, though, that was not used to running in the mud? No. Right out of the gate, the horse is basically, like, jumping. So, like, because he's trying to avoid avoid the mud oh, so no. like, the pack is taking off and you see one in the back just kind of like <laughs> looks like he was just having a good time playing in the mud uh, that's when you scream mulligan yeah oh man i want to do over can't imagine how frustrating the jockey and the owners would be oh man but anyways uh hey we're, we we uh last wednesday night at youth group we talked about what it really means to be the church because in a lot of ways we all know that that people at church fail us. We all know that we've all been offended by the church or someone in the church. But the biggest reason so many of us are not finding what we're looking for in the local church is because the church is not something you ask to do for you. Uh, you when we're Christians, we're a part of the church because of what Jesus has done for us. Right. So the experience of community, the things like that, that's not something we go, well, is this church going to be fun for me? That That's coming to church with, with the, the wrong perspective. We give ourselves to the local church because of what Jesus has done. And so 
uh, that sort of behavior, that sort of thinking, like, I want to give myself to a local church because of what Christ has done, only comes out of somebody who who is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the big question we want to hit on this morning is, uh, what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Most importantly, because Jesus tells us this is the sin God will not forgive. Uh, the, in, in Scripture, uh, sin is is forgivable, all sin. So, so you know, it, if somebody is struggling with homosexuality, can it be forgiven? Absolutely. Right. Uh, just like somebody who is cutting or even somebody who commits suicide, if they're a believer, they are paid for in Christ. Uh, now that's a that's a dangerous issue. Or there's much more to it than that. So I'm right. not um, don't take that as the only thing you need to know about that topic. We'll tackle that another time. <laughs> Actually, next Wednesday uh, we're going to talk about 13 reasons why. So come hang out. But back to the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. That's the one sin uh, that won't be forgiven. So uh, we want to talk just a little bit about that this morning. We're uh, particularly focused on Matthew chapter 12, uh, verses 28 through 32. I'm not going to read all of it, but what Jesus says at the end of it, starting in verse 31, is he says, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. And that's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those instances in Scripture that sometimes you just put a question mark by and come back to later, yeah. uh, which is why another reason why we want to talk about it a little bit. Oh, yeah. And we, and we want to, yeah. It, it's, it's, well, you often hear, too, like, what, you know, what sins does God forgive? And, yeah. and, of course, then you run into that and you're like, what does this even mean? Because blasphemy is not a word we're used to hearing, uh, and, and especially in a post a post religious post Christian culture that we live in now, yeah. the idea of something being uh, something you just should never say would mm-hmm. never do. That's not we live in the we the post shame as well. So. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 most importantly, the first thing we need to know is what is blasphemy, uh, because it's just again not a word we hear. And uh, but of course it's of grave importance to us because God hates blasphemy, and so whatever God hates, we want to hate as well. Uh, but blasphemy, just by itself, the the word blasphemy is the rejection of God. Uh, it, it's the intentional suppression of truth about God. And in the Old Testament, Leviticus twenty four sixteen, if you were guilty of blasphemy against God, the punishment was death. Well, that was my ring. Uh, the punishment was death, and so uh, it's it's extremely serious. And uh, so, um, but what's important in this text is that there is a distinction against blasphemy against uh, two different people here. Uh, what Jesus says in verse thirty-two, he says, "Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven." So blasphemy is the rejection of God, but blasphemy against Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, will be forgiven. So that's important. And then the thirdly, uh, the third one, the point, third point I want to make is that blasphemy against the Spirit will not be. And so here we are, just like, <laughs> what does this even mean? Um, 
and so so it's really important. And uh, well, I was just gonna say like this is one of those instances where when we're reading scripture, we need to look at the rest of scripture to help to help us understand. Yeah, yeah. And in First Corinthians twelve three, Paul Paul writes that no one can know that Jesus is God but by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not able to so to, to reject the Holy Spirit is to reject believing Jesus is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see in modern Judaism, maybe not so much uh, historical time of Jesus Judaism because they right. crucified Jesus, but yeah, yeah. you see in modern uh, Judaism and Islam, uh, they don't have a problem with Jesus as a prophet. Yeah, um, they think he was a teacher. They think he was a prophet. They think he was a good man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in particularly with Muslims, when you start, but then Jews, right? They don't think he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you particularly start talking to Muslims, and you bring up that Jesus is not only a prophet, uh, but he is the Son of God, mm-hmm. he is a part of the Trinity. That's where they start to have problem yeah. with what you're saying about Jesus and about the person of Jesus. And I think that I think that's a good real illustration. Yeah, because we don't actively say we don't so actively say that we believe in Jesus. Um, and then and then actively say we don't think he's God. Yeah, I think we practically end up doing that, and that's something we'll talk about later. Like we end up evidencing that we don't really think Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, we're we're not really confessing him as uh, not only the Messiah but the Son of God, fully human, fully man, right. or fully God. Uh, but in Islam, that's a, that's a very tangible way of seeing it. Mm-hmm. They they aren't blaspheming Jesus. But they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? Um, who attests to Jesus's divine nature? Absolutely, and that's what, what the verse he was just referencing. Referencing First Corinthians two three. Was it two three? Yeah, that's got to be two three. Uh, yeah, it is. Two, I don't know why I put twelve three. First <laughs> Corinthians two three, uh, it, where it ta- where Paul is talking about no one can know that Jesus is God but by the Holy Spirit. Uh, now I'm second guessing that it's two. Three. I'm double checking now. <laughs> you know, we have yeah. the days of the. But it's where where Paul's talking about. No one can know a man but by his spirit. No one can know the things of God but by the spirit of God, and so it doesn't take the Holy Spirit for for any of us to go. Yeah, you know, Jesus was a good teacher. Jesus, you know, did some things that were beneficial to us, and this is why it's twelve three. By the way, oh, it is twelve three. I lied. Uh, you, know, you made a mistake. You didn't lie. That's true. There's a difference. I need more coffee, but we did this earlier than usual, so my brain is <laughs> But so that's what's so important, though, about the difference between, or I'm sorry, the similarity between a Muslim and a nominal Christian. Right. Both of them can that's see scary. Jesus as a beneficial person. Mm-hmm. You don't need the Spirit to see Jesus as someone you might want to follow. He provides things for people. He, I mean, and, and at least when when he was here on Earth, okay, that we don't we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but so many people want Jesus because of what he gives, not because he's the Son of God, and that is to to reject Jesus because you're ultimately rejecting the Holy Spirit. And you're ultimately rejecting the Holy Spirit because you don't, uh, you don't to use to, to cite Scripture. So often, Scripture describes uh, people as having eyes but not able to see, mm-hmm. having ears but not being able to hear, having mouths but not being able to speak. Um, you, you ultimately don't have faith. Mm-hmm. Those who those who ultimately reject and blaspheme the Holy Spirit, they ultimately don't have faith. They don't have eyes to see their need for God. They don't have eyes to see that they're made in his image 
and they are the creation of the Creator, mm -hmm. uh, that they are in need of Jesus' sacrificial, atoning death uh, and uh, want to be beneficiaries of the promise of, of new life. They don't ultimately want that because they don't even think it's a thing that they need. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, the, in, the, in the garden, during the fall, Adam and Eve eat the fruit of the garden, or of the tree of good and evil. Jesus, God comes around the corner and they recoil at their nakedness. Mm -hmm. And God says, who told you you're naked? Mm -hmm. uh, so they've been buying a lie that being naked in the presence of God at that time was a problem. So they covered themselves. Mm -hmm. So they started the process of, of, of believing, you know, the process of sin, of believing lies about their identity and about who they are and about their need and relationship to God. Yep. And they put something in between. And faith enters in through regeneration, gives us a new heart, gives us new eyes, new ears, new mouth, all that to, to understand our need for sin. And so ultimately, like, what we're, what we're saying is those who are, who are able to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, they don't have faith. Right. Yeah, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to reject the Spirit's con conviction that Jesus is the Son of God. And the result of that is exactly what he was just talking about. Instead of resting in the blood of Jesus and what he's done for us, which is only something we can do if the Spirit is in us, uh, instead of covering ourselves with that blood, instead of believing we're covered by that blood, we try to cover ourselves with something else, just like Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And the most scariest thing for us in the South uh, of America mm -hmm. is that we are so used to trying to cover ourselves with religion. Religion is not the problem. Don't hear me say that. Uh, I, I don't. I think a lot of people miss their mark when they say, "I have a relationship with Jesus, not religion." Right. Well, Jesus had a religion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he believed in doctrine. He believed in religious laws. It's a nice. It's a nice kitschy comment, but it, it ultimately doesn't. It's not practical. It's not yeah, real. It's a false division of, of, of. Just like you, you do theology by saying things about God. You have religion by following after Jesus. Yeah. Like it's just. Yeah. And everyone's religious, right. uh, even the person that isn't, because they right. have dogmatic beliefs that drive their pseudo anti-religion. But so, so what do we try to cover ourselves with? Well, it, the human being uh, expresses rebellion against God, like Ryan said, by trying to cover ourselves up. In the South, the way that we tr so so the way we try to cover ourselves up is through the opinions of man uh, and, and things like that. In the South, because religion is so popular here, specifically Christianity, the way we cover up here is by being churchgoers, is by not cussing in front of other religious people, is by you know only looking at pornography when no one else is around, or uh, you whatever it is. You know, we we fake our religious. Um, attitudes this is, you know we pray in public but we have absolutely no prayer life yeah. uh, we read scripture at church but but there's absolutely nothing within us at home that actually wants it and Jesus addresses the, this type of false religion in Matthew chapter 7 he it, to me it's the scariest text in scripture because a bunch of religious people are around him and he describes these religious people he says on that day you're going to say, Lord, Lord. In other words, these are people who are used to calling out to Jesus, right? The, repeating the, the title Lord it, it at least assumes they thought they knew him well. And, and what the people, the religious people are going to say is, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works? In other words, these were not people with, with you know, casual religion. 
These were people who knew the scriptures. These were people who sought to wage war against demons and, and, and prayer and things like that. They, they were very actively religious. And Jesus says, I'll get away from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And, uh, and so all that to say, blaspheming, blaspheming the Holy Spirit can show up in a super religious context mm. because it will look very religious, uh, especially in the South. Simply being a part of a church, while that's something Christians are called to do, simply showing up here, coming to Wednesday night events, um, you know, doing doing X, Y, or Z that the church might be doing, that doesn't save you. Mm-mm. That's not proof. That's not fruit of the gospel in your life. Um, as unfortunate as that is, that's that's the reality. And mm-hmm. you can quite easily lull yourself to sleep here. There's there's a, a part of that in the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, which is a fictitious uh, accounting of a demon talking to his demon boss. And there's there's one chapter where the underling says, hey, this guy's starting to go to church. Mm. This guy that he's, this demon is tasked with keeping away from God, right? He's like, this guy's starting to go to church. And his boss says, hey, that's actually a really great place for him to be. Mm-hmm because you have a lot of opportunity in that context to, to convince him that he's right with God without him actually being right with God. Right. Um, and and it's, it was kind of, it's kind of a scary um, concept, but C.S. Lewis tagged on it you know, back in his own lifetime that yeah. this, is a, this is a normal practice in the church. We, we go into the church not seeking Jesus, mm-hmm. but seeking, seeking uh, our own self-justification for our yep. life. Um, and it's it's natural yeah yeah and, and and so we hit on this because of our context our context is so religious everyone wants to go to church mm-hmm. or at least everyone shows up at church but so often you don't see people in church who really believe you see people coming to church saying what's in it for me we don't have anything in it for you we have jesus if we have jesus in us that's what's in it, and so we, we, we come to, to share in that together, to, to, to give that to one another. Delight in the promises of, of, the, of the promises God has for us in our life that are coming true for us. Yeah. And we want to share those with others um, and hear the promises coming true in other people's lives mm-hmm. and rejoice and give thanks to God for that. So little of that happens across America and across the world in churches when they come together. So little of that happens mm. because we are so often expecting to come to church and uh, be served, yeah, uh, yeah. be serviced by the, the worship time and everything else rather than coming here out of an overflow for the love that God has shown us and the mercy that God has shown us, uh, which really means we just aren't preaching the gospel to ourselves on a regular basis. And uh, even if you've confessed Christ, that's something you need. Yeah, and... and you know the question, of course, why? Why is that? Why? Why do we come to church without that sort of delight in Jesus as Lord? Well, back to it's blasphemy against the Spirit. We we don't have the Spirit in us that delights in the Lordship of Jesus. The only thing that makes living under the Scriptures appealing, the only thing that means intense biblical community where we're praying for one another, encouraging one another, the only thing that makes that satisfying is if the Spirit is inside of us and loves to see Jesus as Lord. Yeah. Then will we have the humility to sit under His Word and to, to deny ourselves entertainment in order to delight in our sanctification and the sanctification of others. And instead of asking, what will the church do for me, we're longing mm-hmm. to see what Jesus will do in us as we gather. 
Uh, it's so scary. Moeller says it well. He says, hell will be filled with people avidly committed to Christian values. And so I, our heart for all of us is that we would not fake it, but that we would really rest in the work of Jesus and live there uh, in submission to him um, because of what the Holy Spirit has done in us. So, so I think our, our question ultimately for you is, uh, is the Spirit in you? Do, do, do you have a love for Jesus as Lord? Not just when you're with the church, but personally. Is there a love for Jesus in you um, because you really trust and believe in what he's done in such a way that you can meet with him and, and read his word and share it with others uh, because we don't want you to be in a state of unforgiveness because you do not have the faith to see Jesus as Lord. Because without that faith, as Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God. And if you don't know where you what your answer to that question is, um, come talk to us. Uh, yeah. We're here for you guys, and we want to walk you through uh, those 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 tough questions and um we're gonna be honest with you yeah um and we're gonna we're gonna walk you through that so with that being said if you are a skeptic we love skeptics uh if you don't know whether or not you can believe in christ or any of those things first of all like ryan just said come talk to us but secondly dr cable um he's the professor of apologetics at southern seminary he's coming to talk with us tomorrow night as a church and so we want to invite anybody out uh, who, who has doubts about their faith, who may know somebody who uh, is skeptical of Christianity, uh, meet up here at 6.30. We're going to listen to him. He's going to share. And we have a Q&A, which means whatever questions you have, bring those, and, be, and, and we'll ask them. Uh, so it should be, uh, should be an exciting night. So uh, with that being said, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Jesus, Lord Jesus. You are made to be ruled.